Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Garen and Jordan coming to you talking about the, the sermon about ambassadorship. Right? Yep. Being an ambassador. That's being an another ambassador. Another metaphor of how we think about work. January 15th, Garen challenged us again. I'm still waiting for an easy sermon, Garen. Yeah. I'm still waiting for one where you're like, hey, you know what? You're doing okay. Yeah. I think we should, should we do that? You're preaching two weeks. <laughs> I'll bring the easy one. I'll let you, we'll let you do that. Okay, good. You, you bring the fluff. I'll bring the fluff. The you bring the candy. tough stuff. There we go. Uh, you took us to 2 Corinthians 5 and uh, talk to us about, yeah, being ambassadors of Christ and what that meant and and so many good things that we threw, that were thrown at us. And in my note taking, it was hard to absorb it all. One thing I wanna start with is the people that you referenced. The first was Kylie McGregor uh-huh. and she actually was on stage. Yep, she was up on stage with me. And anything that you wanted to add to your interaction with her because that was so useful. Just one, I would, the thing I care, I love about her so much is she really wants to represent Christ in the kingdom. And she is intentional about that. So, you know, in the classroom, she can't say some explicit things. But, you know, when if she's talking with a teacher in her relationship, everybody knows who she, they know she's a believer. They know she loves Jesus. Like, she's not hiding any of that. Who she is with him is out front and center. And so when she does things like use this leadership acronym in her classroom, People know where that's coming from, even her students. We didn't get to talk much yesterday, but they, you know, people around her, they know that she cares about Jesus. And so to me, that even that thing, the impact that that can have, that I, th- I just think people know. I don't think people know where that's coming from. It's flowing out of a heart of a mm-hmm. love for God and out of a relationship. That's one thing I really respect about Kylie is, and, and you know, she's in, she's all on board with him and she has nothing to hide. And she is who she is. And her walk with him just, it oozes out in whatever she does. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that's the reason that you wanted Kylie up there is because she is really embodying what you're trying to talk yeah, about. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah. Even when she worked at the um, country club, mm, was mm-hmm. mowing and all that. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you would just talk to her about how the encounter, the conversation she had with people about the Lord and everything, it's just, it just flows out of her and. I just respect her a lot. So. She's somebody that, um, yeah, every inch of her life is touched by Jesus. Yes. It doesn't seem uh-huh. like any stone is left unturned when yep. it comes to the gospel affecting yep, every definitely. corner of who she is. So, yeah, she challenges me in huge ways. You also talked about the Harshmans and uh, the way that they use their their place, the Clovercliff, to do some great things as far as ambassadorship. So. Anything you want to say more about that or, or why was that something that was so pertinent to this message? Yeah, again, because I think I see it so thoroughly in them. If you get to know them very well, they're just living on mission with God. Um, they want to be about his kingdom and they want everything they do to be about his kingdom. And I just think, it, it again, it oozes out of them and you can't help but to know um, 
you know, who they are and that they, that Jesus is at the center and, you know, people that stay there, it becomes quite apparent and people connect that. They're like, this place is so peaceful and they know where they are with things. And I think they're just, you know what, we were just talking last week and sometimes they're like, but we don't really get to plant the gospel the way we want to, which probably a lot of people would get this, you know, I, we can't, in our position, we're not going to just share with everybody that comes. And I was t- encouraging them that they really are plowing the field and they're they're cutting the furrows and some seeds are getting planted, but what they're doing is they're showing that people love Jesus, are loving, caring, serving people. Hmm. And I said, you're setting the table up for other people who are going to get to plant the seed and har- water and harvest. I said, but your role in that is as important as the harvester. I mean, that's what Paul talks about. And I think probably a lot of us are there that you know, like Kylie, she can't share the gospel with where she's at explicitly, but man, she's just planning. She's, you know, cutting furrows and hearts. She, the kids know she loves them. And that's what I feel like for a lot of us is people is that's what we're doing as ambassadors. I'm setting up the table. Doesn't mean I don't share, but a lot of what we do is setting up the table for other people. And that's what I feel like the Harshmans are. They, you know, they talked about, there was stuff I didn't even get to share. Um, their commitment is when they took that over and bought that, that they just said, Lord, whomever you bring, we will serve them and we will love them. And if you give us a chance, we'll talk about you. Hmm. That's their commitment with everybody. Do you think that sometimes people misunderstand what it means to be ambassador for Jesus? That sometimes we think, oh, I have to explicitly say this all the time. And I have to yes. just, you know, it's, I can't, I can't, uh, it's not about living it out. It's about like, what do you really say? And am I going to say this to everyone I meet? Like, there's a lot of pressure that comes with yes. that. And that's why, yeah. So you think we put a lot of undue pressure on ourselves? Uh, in and that that's way? why this whole series has been almost more about the ministry of reconciliation, the the gardening and the restoring and all of that, because I think that's 80, 90% of it. And I think what people think is, is to be a Christian at work means I've got to share the gospel with people and I don't know how, and I'm uncomfortable and I don't know how to bring it up. And I think a lot of people feel defeated and feel like they're a failure. And I, what I'm trying to say is, is there's a lot more to this ambassadorship. It's not just the message. It's hmm. the ministry of reconciliation, okay. which is, are you bringing order out of chaos for people's flourishing? Are you being a taste of Eden? Are you being a priestly person who is embodying the love of God? Are you playing that kingly role? You're leading well, because that's all part of that ministry of reconciliation, because Christ wants to reconcile to himself all things. And so, yeah, I've been trying to let give people a sense that, that, you can represent him at work in a lot more. That's why, you know, ambassadors, they show and they share. And sharing is part of it, but showing is a lot of it. So what would you say to somebody who says, Garen, there's no difference between what you're saying and somebody who's an atheist and just wants to better mankind, right? Like somebody who just says, I want to treat people well. I want to improve the lives of those around me. Like what's the difference between that and somebody who lives as, as a restorer? Because aren't they both, don't they both have the same goal to see people around them flourish? Yeah, well, that's a that's a great pushback right there. <laughs> that came out of nowhere, That's and that's a great one. Because um, you can tell, because right now I'm talking, trying to figure out what I'm going to say. No, that, that, yeah, you, people could look at that, but that's why for me, like what Kylie or the Harshmans are, is if I'm like hiding who I am to where people really don't know that I follow Jesus, they're never going to make the connection. And the thing that I have, that we have, that somebody who doesn't have Jesus, yeah, they can be good. They've got, they have the image of God. So the law of God's written on their heart. So it isn't that people can't do good things. But that what we have is we have the Holy Spirit living within us who can 
abound in through us, and it's just a different level of shalom. It's it's a God thing that's coming out of hmm. us, and it's overflowing. And other people can be like, I want to bless the world, but there's a difference in that and having being empowered by the Spirit and like Him leading you maybe to say something or to do something. Right. Or so we've got this. We've got God living within us. That's why when it says, when I mentioned Second Corinthians three six, where Paul says He has made you competent ministers of the gospel. It's he who's made me that. And it's his spirit that's bearing this fruit. And he's the one making me like Jesus. And somebody that's lost doesn't have that in them. And it's just out of their own power and their own strength and wisdom. And and, yeah. and maybe another difference is that the Jesus follower, when somebody says, hey, you know, you did this and I saw that, or I just noticed you really are passionate about this, that you're ready with that answer, yes. right? You're ready yep. to preach the gospel in yep. season, out of season. Yep. Hey, Jesus changed my life. Yes. He has restored everything about me. And so now I'm gonna restore with everything that I do. Yeah. And maybe that's the difference. It, yeah, somebody doesn't follow Jesus and they're just like, well, I just wanna yeah. be a nice person, uh-huh. you know? So maybe it's, the difference is a little deeper than- Yeah, than it's a little deeper. Be. And that's why, that's what I think with Kylie and the Harshmans is they're ready for that. And they're not always necessarily going to give the gospel right away, but they're, they they want to connect who they are to Jesus. Yeah. And if somebody's like, "This place is special," like, why? What motivates you? And they mm-hmm. say, "We love God, and He tells us to love people and to be a blessing." And Kylie would say similar things. That it's that, um, yeah, it's about somebody else, and it's a large kind of Ruth. I'm part of a larger story. It's not just me being a nice guy. Right. Yeah. That there's a God who created everything. He loves everybody and loves everything. And I'm just being a part of his work and I'm working with him. And yeah, yeah. There's a book I'm reading right now, and the author did not know Jesus at the beginning. And then this is books about their story of how they became really passionate about following Jesus. And they said, they just are recalling the people who follow Jesus that they encounter in their lives. And their, their thought is that, man, if anyone is ever going to respond to the good news, it's it doesn't have to be, but like, really, really high percentage of the time is going to be born out of genuine relationship. Yep. And, and if, and this person just writes and they're like, man, if you never care about me, why would I have any thought of caring what you have to say to me about this? You know? Yes. Like if you have no relational capital with me, then I'm not going to listen to you. And so that's just to say, like, we can't go around just spouting the good news, even though it is good news. If it's going to stick to anybody, it almost always has to be done in the context of relationship. Yep, right. And so that's yeah, that's so key. And and Kylie has that with people, and the Harshmans have that with people. And if we are living out that ambassadorship, we will have that with people. If we're not all just about saying the message and not not embodying it, right? Yeah. Um, something else you said that was really good was that reconciliation is at the core of how we view people. Meaning, and correct me if I'm wrong, that we. Our, our lens of how we view people is different than how the world views people. That when we follow Jesus, we see others around us as creation of God, yes. as people who have been separated from God and need to be reconciled back to him, not someone to hate or someone right. as an enemy right. or somebody who has it all wrong and is you know, a deplorable or someone who can't be reconciled, right? That, that we view people differently than the world does. Um, so I wonder, what social implications or cultural implications does that have? And, and why did you mention that in your message? Part of the reason I mentioned it is because we, you know, we live in an age right now that is so divided and throwing bombs, right? Tossing hand grenades all the time. And it's easy for us to get drug into that, right? If I watch this news channel or you watch that one and it's everything's shoving me to extremes. 
And everything you hear out there is like making other people the enemy or they're the problem and driving us from people. And Jesus would say, I came for every single soul. I'm after everybody. I mean, that's how the Pharisees were, right? They'd kind of divided people like those people. They're the bad people. You can't eat with them, can't hang out with them. And Jesus like, the people you consider your enemy are actually the people. I'm after everybody. And they're like, what are you doing? So it's easy for us, I think, to get drug into our cultural pool to make everything about a culture war. And we become culture warriors, and we we get mad at people, and they're the problem. They're ruining our culture, and we start seeing people as enemies, and Scripture's clear that our only enemy is Satan. We don't fight against flesh and blood, and so that's something I'm going to mention two or three times a year because I really believe that, and we need to see everybody through the lens of the cross and through Jesus' eyes, and that they are lost sheep that he loves, and he came to die for, and he's pursuing them desperately, and I'm to be on that pursuit. Hmm. Let me, uh, I'm going to pause the podcast real quick, okay? Let me pause. Oh, Karen, Karen, you can't mean people that vote different than us, right? Like, <laughs> no, that's not what you mean. Okay, okay, we're back. All right, we straightened a few things out. Um, what, what is the consequences of Christians acting that way, of of not taking this reconciliation lens and saying, you know, you don't understand this person, they are all evil or their agenda is so evil. And either in their mind, viewing them as an enemy or in the way they talk and act and, dis- and display themselves, treating them as an enemy. Like what's the consequences of that? The consequences are horrible. They're dire. They're because p- the people tie us to Jesus and they're like, oh, that's what, if you follow Jesus, that's what you've that's the attitude you have. That's how you look at people. Hmm. Oh, you're hateful or whatever. So just going back to the Harshmans as an example, as I talked to them, they talked about when they bought that place, they started running that bed and breakfast. They made the intentional decision that they, who whomever God brought to them, it didn't matter, their political views or what they did outside of that place, none of that mattered, that whomever God brought there They would serve them. They would love them unconditionally with the love of God, treating them as people created in the image of God. And that that was their call. They weren't going to look at people through a lens of good or bad or whatever, that they just were going to treat everybody with uh, the love of Jesus. And I think that's cool. So the difference is huge, right? Yeah, the difference doesn't mean... All it means is what they're trying to be is the touch, the love of Jesus, the hands and feet of him, loving and serving people who are lost. They're lost sheep. So here's here's another fastball. Garen, that we didn't go over that Uh-oh. I'm going to throw at you. What's the difference between doing that, like the Harshmans did, and being the arms of Jesus? And then what's the difference between that and like some people would say like enabling or supporting a lifestyle that we don't agree with? Where's the line right there? Because there's going to be enemies of this that say, well, yeah, that's wrong. Gonna, yeah. You're, yeah. And I mean, that's the question we all have to wrestle with, that they were, I mean, that they... I guess is there a clear is there a clear black and white answer as to where the line is in scripture or is it like leading of the Holy Spirit and being wise and I think it's leading the Holy Spirit being wise and I I just think just knowing that I just am called to love people right and you know it doesn't mean I have to approve of everything everybody does because mm-hmm. everybody does stuff that we all have junk right right but it's just um it's just to me what they did is they're like look we're here to welcome guests. You want to be a guest and you can stay in our place and we're just going to serve you breakfast well and we're going to love you well and we're going to sit and have conversation with yeah. you like we do everybody else. Yeah. 
And because that's what God is like. He's it's a, a little, loving, welcoming God. So. It's a little cliche. It's a little cheesy. But sometimes I literally think, what would Jesus actually do? If Jesus was Jesus Harshman and he was running Clovercliff and that phone call came in or whatever, and my job and your job, whatever, and these situations are happening, what would he literally do? And I just can't envision Jesus as as he has explained to us in scripture and and how we see him treat people on the outside all the time. I can't envision him drawing lines and saying, you're out, you're not welcome, or I will not do this for you. I mean, it's just not in his character. And so often I think he is so much more welcoming and loving than even you or I are comfortable being because he just loves people so much. Yeah. And he is uh, the embodiment of God, which is love. Not to say that he signed off on everything everybody did. Yeah, no, he, and right. But I think that scares us that we think we are signing off on yeah, that by being I think we think if love. we love a person who's doing something we think they shouldn't, if we're welcoming or kind, right, that we're signing off. And that, that the two don't equate. I'm called to love everybody, mm-hmm. right? Period. Period. Because he loves everybody and he loved everybody. So I'm called to love it. That doesn't mean I'm signing off. And I think everybody wrestles with that and they're like trying to figure out what does that look like. So the Holy Spirit is really important. But I mean, the, the famous story is he's at a Pharisee's house named Simon, and he's having supper. And a prostitute walks in who had an encounter with him earlier, who had met him, a, a good encounter, right? <laughs> uh, a, you know, he had met, he had touched her life in a way, and she shows up and she anoints his feet and all that. And it says the Pharisees are thinking if he knew what kind of woman she was, right. he wouldn't even let her in here. He wouldn't speak to her. And, but he knew. And he was welcoming to her, and her life was transformed because of that encounter. And it didn't mean he approved of everything she did. Right. But yeah, he 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 loves people mm-hmm. practically, and that's what we have to do. And is she the one who poured out the perfume and and washed his feet with that? Yeah, that that was uh, actually Mary, the mother, oh, that the was sister Mary. of Martha. But the, she she like wept on his feet, and she wiped and then cleaned his feet with her hair. Right. And. And yeah, the whole thing. And they were just totally offended. And then he looks at Simon and says, can I, can I tell you a story? And I want to ask you a question. And the whole point was, is, is uh, yeah, that she's, again, she's one of the lost sheep and that's why I came. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. So th- I think your question's really good. And I, I like what you said, that just because I'm a loving, welcoming person, if I love somebody, if I welcome them to my home, that does not mean I approve of everything they do, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm to be a, a loving, hospitable person. If we were never to going to interact with people that we didn't agree with what they do, then we would never interact with. Yeah. Then we would be in our bubble. With people, right? Yeah. And it's easy to live in the Christian bubble, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to get to where after five years, I only have Christian friends and I'm in that bubble mm-hmm. and we're not supposed to be in that bubble, Yeah. but it's really easy to get there. So yes, part of being an ambassador is I've got to, I've got to have that mindset. I've got to see people through the eyes of an ambassador. Yeah. So, Okay. Yeah, man, dude, this was. Uh, Sorry for the fastball. Yeah, that you, you the Holy two Spirit. Of them. Hey, the Holy Spirit brought it to mind. You two can't blame me. He he did it. Man, I didn't even know those were coming. So. <laughs> See, that's why we do this podcast to to trick you into hard questions, Karen. Uh, you talked about three tasks of an ambassador. Uh, one is um, the ministry of reconciliation. One is the message of reconciliation. One's the model of reconciliation. We don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to say this. Sometimes it's easy to be good at message of reconciliation, which is sharing the gospel and sharing truth. And sometimes it's easy to be good at being a model of it, which is just living it out. It seems like most people I know are good at one or the other of those things, but it's pretty rare to be good at both. Yeah. 
So maybe just really quickly as we're running out of time here, what is some advice on if I'm good at one, but not the other, how do I grow that? Or is it okay that I'm just really good at one and not so good at the other? Yeah, I think we, yeah, we all struggle with that. Probably most of us struggle on the model side and are, we don't know how to bring up conversations or we don't know how to we're talk about We're good at the model, yeah. but we're bad at the message, yeah, you mean? Yeah, that's okay. why most people are. And the okay. ones that are good at the message frequently, they're abrasive and they rub you yeah. wrong, right? And, and you they don't, don't want to, they, they don't need friends. Yeah, because you don't want to be around <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to be around them. People see them coming and they like run the other direction. Right. So, so to me, it I think it's two things. It's, it's like, I care enough about that. Like, I'm going to get in some good books that talk about Give me some ideas of how I can do that, how I can, you know, think about being a messenger. And I mean, it's just practice. It's to me, it's taking advantage of the small things. It's it's the small steps. So somebody says, like, well, why'd you do that? Then I'm just saying, you know, I follow Jesus and that's his way. That's just a small thing. But what it does is it might sometimes people will open that door further, sometimes they won't. But I think to me, it's just starting with those small steps of trying to get to where I'm not afraid of saying those little things to people um, and hiding who I am. And then let God show me, like, that's somebody, if they're interested, if the Spirit of God's at work, they'll step into that and they'll hmm. ask some other questions. So starting small, I think maybe intentionally grabbing a book on evangelism that would give me some some sense of how to do that. That book that we've been doing, I Was Once Lost, is that mm-hmm. the name of it? I Once Was Lost, yeah. It talks about kind of the, those boundaries, the barriers or whatever sure. they're called. Yeah, the barriers. The thresholds. Yep. And he talks about like some questions or ways. So it's, to me, it's getting a book and like, I want to get better at that. So I'm going to read some things and I'm so, going to step step out of my comfort zone a little bit. Right. Take the small steps. It's being intentional and trying to grow that thing instead of just saying, yes. man, I wish I was better at it. Yep. And then just, I think most people, you're scared, so you just don't do it at all. Yeah. Right? And I've been you. there, so I understand. Yep. We've all been there. You talked about the pitfall of the ambassador, which basically is being a terminal, not a conduit. Yep. It's having the gospel stop with you instead of, of sharing it. And uh, How sad, huh? To our yeah. father, I can just imagine like, he's like, I gave that to you because I want to give that to others through you. And you're just, you're, you're the terminal of it. And that's not my heart's desire. Hmm. I've got other lost, I've got lost children who I put in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's, it's just grievous, grieves them to him. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You're the one I put in their life. Like, uh, so yep. It's easy to fall there. That's the pitfall for all of us. So. I love Paul's challenge. Like, don't receive that gift in vain. Pass that thing on. Hmm. So, And we're supposed to do it because our workplace is an embassy. Yes, it, it is, is an, an embassy. embassy. And I'm an ambassador. And that changes how I look at everything, right? If I'm going to work and I'm like, this place is my embassy and I'm an ambassador for Christ there. I, I just, I hope and trust that these metaphors will help people get a better sense of how they can, how they can uh, be the church at work because that's what the church is all about. Yeah, I, I wanted to end with this, your quote that you have beaten us over the head with. I mean, mentioned, <laughs> uh, reminded us of, yeah, a lot, that the church, the work of the church is the church at work. Are you going to like get that tattooed somewhere on I your body? So, yeah. Maybe all the staff like some, should do that. Uh, well, if you're paying, okay. <laughs> yeah, the work of the church is the church at work, meaning it is our job as followers of Jesus to take the gospel out of these four walls of the church to wherever we work, our embassy, and to not only live it as a model, um, but to share it when necessary, right? To, To speak up and when God does create those opportunities for us to speak real truth, not human wisdom, but biblical wisdom into a situation that we do it. 
um, with joy and yep. with a sweetness yep. that is going to be well-received because we have been acting as a restorer this whole time. And people know, like they do with Kylie, like they do with the Harshmans, like they do with so many people at 12th, that there's something different about this person and I want to know yep. why. Yep. And, and the reality is we know 90% of the people that are outside these four walls are not coming in here anymore. Mm-hmm. That's just the day and age we live in. It's the people here at 12th out there. That's where the impact's going to happen. Can I end with this? That it's easy for me in my mind to think about this sermon and think, man, I'm going to go and I'm going to have a great impact everywhere I go. And this is just what people need. And that's true. This is just what people need. But the reality is that a lot of people are either going to ignore this or resent this or reject this. And and that's okay. Yep. That like it, it's not about us and it's not about the um, result. Right. It's about the obedience to yes. Jesus. Yep. Is that right? Yep, totally. And my commitment to him and my, to me, this posture, he's my Lord and I love him. I'm compelled by the love of Christ. He gave everything for me. So I'm I'm just going to be this kind of person wherever I go. So it doesn't matter the response. If I do this and no one notices or, you know, worst case scenario, somebody notices and says something bad about me or I try and share and something bad happens. If that happens, I'm not going to quit just because I have a bad interaction. That the... the, the the success of it is not determined by the outcome, but it's determined by the obedience to do it. Yeah. So. Exactly. Just okay. being faithful. He doesn't call me to convert anybody. He just calls me to be faithful, a faithful witness, faithful ambassador. That's all. Okay. Yep. All right. No more fastballs. That's it. Good. And this means next time, like there's none, it's just going to be all softballs for the next one. All softballs. You, you've earned some softballs. Okay. Yeah, awesome. that's right. Looking forward to getting some softballs finally. So the... uh yeah, the message is to be an ambassador, that wherever you are is your embassy, to view your life that way, to view others through the lens of reconciliation, not the lens of the world, which would say, you are my enemy, we have different agendas, therefore we cannot coexist. But everybody has, um, everybody is a reflection of God, right? Yep. They have his image yep. in them, they're image bearers. And so we need to treat them as such. So, okay, that's all I got. Anything else from you, Garen? Nope, that's good, man. Okay, guys, thanks. We'll see you next week.